Are you discovering that this season of life is presenting you with new realities that you weren't expecting? Well, this week at Common Bond Church, we'll discuss how we enter into new seasons of life by engaging with the presence of God. Stay tuned for more. excited today to be talking with you about entering into new seasons of life. Five months ago, COVID-19 presented us with questions of whether or not this was a disruption or a new season. And as we began to wander through that life, I think that one of the most important things that we could do was to engage in God and understand well, what was God saying during that season. Well, one of the things I believe that God really wanted this world to understand was to unplug from all the things that were distracting us from engaging into the presence of God and simply return to him. And so over the last five months, I pray and I believe that many of us have been able to use that wisdom and use that insight to actually lead a better life. Also during that season, I believe that God was really calling us and challenging us to understand that we were engaging in a new season. For example, Many corporations are simply allowing their workers now to work at home. That is a new reality that none of us could have anticipated before 2020. It's one example of many of the things that are different this year than they were last year. God has continued to change our life and our world into a new reality. And so today I want to help us to engage in the proper conversation of what life looks like when we truly engage in new season through God. You know, as we read uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, one of the first things that we see is this statement where God, through the prophet Isaiah, says, I am doing a new thing. And so what I wanted to first remind us through that statement is don't be surprised when life changes on you. God is a, is a reality, a person, a being who consistently does new things in our life. And it is our responsibility not to necessarily resist those new things, but to understand how to properly engage in it. The second thing that we see in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, it says, now it springs forth that new thing. Do you not perceive it? You know, all around the world, uh, I think that you see many people trying to grasp their lives around this new reality that we're living in during this season. And the question is, will you perceive that God is doing something new. And I hope that we have, over the last five months, begin to see that God really is doing new things. Our school system is changing right before our eyes. Like I mentioned, the corporate world is changing right before our eyes. But then also, if you get into the personal realities of our lives and maybe your lives, you can see that God is presenting us with new realities that we did not anticipate. I've also heard that so many people are changing their relationship dynamics in the midst of this season. So many people either lost their jobs or engaging in new jobs in this season. So many people have had financial situations different in their lives in this season. And some of us have yet to really perceive what is this new thing that God is actually doing. But some of us are on that pathway to, re to moving toward this new reality. And so I want to encourage us both twofold. One, to recognize that God is definitely doing a new thing. And what I want to hope and encourage some of us who are not properly engaged with this new reality is make sure that we get on the boat. Because one of the things that you don't want to do 
is actually recognize that life is changing before your eyes and you're just stuck at the dock. You know, what we want to do is make sure all of us are properly engaged and moving in the direction that God wants us to move to. You know, that reminds me of like the children of Israel, for example. Could you imagine that you are part of the children of Israel when they were stuck in Egypt in bondage and slavery? And God was saying to them through the prophet Moses, I'm doing a new thing. I'm bringing you out of bondage, out of slavery, into a new promised land that I want you to engage in. What if you were stuck at the dock and deciding that I had not gotten on the pathway with all of my friends, family, and coworkers who are actually moving in this new direction? Well, today I wanna to make sure all of us in the family of God are moving into this new direction where we are engaging in this new season because God has new and better for all of us if we can actually learn how to receive the things that he's doing. You know, uh, the second, the third thing that we see in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, is not only that is God doing a new thing, that he wants us to perceive that he's doing a new thing, but he also says that he will make a way in the wilderness and also in the rivers of the desert. Man, that's a beautiful statement to behold and a beautiful statement to understand. Because what that tells you and I is that God understands when he does something new, it's almost as if it's a wilderness or a desert to us. You know, it's a barren place. It's a place of confusion. It's a place where we don't necessarily understand what will happen as we actually walk to the end. So God is giving us foresight. He's giving us insight to be able to understand that he is present with us as we engage through the wilderness and deserts of our life to get to a better place in him. The children of Israel, once again, had to rest in the wilderness for quite a amount of time until God was able to take them to what he called the land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey. It was supposed to be their wealthy place, their place where they could actually move from a place of bondage a place of slavery, into a place of freedom, into a place of relationship with him that was going to be better for their life. You know, I remember, you know, when I first had the opportunity to think about this in more practical ways in my life is when I was leaving my corporate job and actually moving into this full-time ministry capacity. And as I moved into that season, I felt a lot of angst. I felt a lot of trepidation. I, wasn't I was really unsure about the direction of what my life would eventually lead into. But the thing is, is that I was pressing into God at the same time. That was a helpful comfort for, to me to help me to be able to understand how to properly move from one season to the next. It didn't change the fact that I was still trepidatious. I was still unsure. But man, it was really helpful for me to walk into that season of life. And so I want to say that same kind of encouragement. So I want to tell you, I understand when we are moving into new realities that we didn't expect, that there are some anxiety that comes with it. There is some apprehension that comes with it. There's some fear that also may come with it. But I also want to encourage you that God does new things and he actually does them for our good, not for our detriment. He is doing them in a way so that we actually get to a better place in him than we could ever truly never expect. But sometimes, you know, when we are not moving with that full confidence, you know, we'll, we'll in essence, stay with the mindset and also the realities of our old. And so I want to make sure that we press forward that. So we're going to read quite a few scriptures today so I can engage us so that we, we can see how to overcome those barriers of moving into the right seasons with God. The first thing that I wanted to share with us is Exodus chapter 17. That's way at the beginning of the Bible, right after the book of Genesis, Exodus chapter 17. And again, it deals with the children of Israel. It talks about how they were leaving this land of Egypt, which they were in bondage and slavery, and trying to move into a new season in God. 
And one of the things that you see is that they started to have what I would call questions. They started to have apprehension about how this process was really going to work out in their life. Read some of the scriptures with me. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 1, it says, All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages. That simply means that they moved by groups. According to the commandment of the Lord, encamped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. <laughs> and I think that's the first thing that I wanted to highlight in that verse of scripture is that whenever we're moving into a new season, especially when God is directing us, it does not mean that we won't have challenges. We'll have things that we must overcome that kind of even throws a monkey wrench into our plans. And it makes us feel like, should I even continue to move in this direction that God has given me? Therefore, it says in verse two, the people quarreled against Moses and said to him, give us some water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Listen to this part. To kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. Now, if anyone who's, who's read about the story of the children of Israel would know that God had great and precious promises for them called a land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey. But yet and still, they couldn't see it at this point. All they saw was apprehension. All they saw was question marks. All they saw were the obstacles that were facing them. They couldn't see the hope and promise at the end of the, of the, at the, end of the reality. But you and I can see it because we know the story. So Moses called out to God and said, what shall I do with this people? You know, Moses rightfully understood that he wasn't going to complain in the camp with them. Instead, he was going to get into the face of God and understand what shall be the direction for their life. As I think about this passage of scripture, uh, the very first thing that I wanted to encourage us to do when God was actually encouraging us to enter into a new season was to first understand how to pack up your bags. And what I mean by that is that there are times in our realities where our emotions and our feelings are caught up in our past, and it prevents us to actually move forward into the new thing that God actually wants us to do. So the very first thing that we must do is actually to learn how to forget about the old so that we can actually move to the new. And I remember about five months ago when we were first engaging with this COVID-19 season, and I really understood that the very first thing that I needed to do is I needed to pack up some bags. I needed to pack up some things that I knew were not going to be necessary during the season, but also in the future because God was going to do something different. And so I encourage you to do the same thing as well. Begin to think about, hey, what's in my life that God is trying to tell me to let go? What are some things that I'm holding on to that is preventing me from actually receiving the new blessing that God actually wants to give me in my life? And here's where I want to pause because there's some of us who know those new things that God is actually calling us to do, but some of us don't. Some of us are still trying to understand what God is actually calling us to do in this season. I'm reminded, for example, that some people are saying to me and saying probably to you as well, if you haven't started a new business or a new life endeavor, or a new hobby during COVID-19, you're probably missing out on something. And so I want to say the same thing to you is that these opportunities that God is giving us during COVID-19, during this season of pandemic, are perfect opportunities to recognize what should I stop doing today and what should I begin to think about doing in the future. Now is the time to actually start something new in, in him. You know, he might be encouraging you to go back to school. He might be encouraging you to 
start that new business. He might be encouraging you to go ahead and start that new thing that you've always been dreaming to do. Now is that season where God is saying, this is the perfect atmosphere. This is the perfect reality to start things new. Money is changing hands. Faith is readily available to us. Everything is new in life. I mean, even if you think about this new technology that I'm communicating through, it's a new endeavor that allows our church to connect with people in ways that we've never connected. And that's a new reality. Maybe God is calling you to have a business or reality where you can use technology in ways that you never thought about. it. So now's the way that we want to make sure that we're not at the dock. We're on the boat moving to this new place in God. And so I wanted to help us. You know, if you're not at that season yet to understand what it looks like to move into new, the very next thing that we must do after we even consider our own personal lives and maybe what I want to pack up and what I want to move into new, the second thing that we must do, which is the most important thing, is make sure that we're engaging in the presence of God. Only God really knows the future. Only God really knows what actually looks good for for our life. If I can actually go back to that season of corporate America that I shared with you earlier, now one of the things that I thought about as I was leaving um, that life is even though I had apprehension, even though there's some fear and some trepidation on my part, I also knew that whatever God had planned for me was going to be better than what I was doing at that time. Because that's who he is. I have faith and I have trust in him and I love him so much so that I know that his better is better than my good. And we've got to be reminded of that in our own lives as well, that even what we have today that is good, God has better if he's calling us to something different. And so as we think about what that actually looks like in our life, I thought it'd be good to look at uh, one of the heroes of the faith. And his name is Elijah. Elijah is found um, in 1 Kings chapter 17, 18, and 19. And we are primarily going to read First uh, Kings chapter 19, but there's some good lead up into chapter 17 and 18 that I wanted to share with us. You know, in 17 and 18, it shows about the great miracles that this prophet of God was doing on the behalf of God's glory. You know, he was showing the world just how big and how mighty God was. Some of the things that you actually see is Elijah first even predicted a drought for three years. A second thing that you see is that he dealt with this widow woman of Zarephath and actually helped her to sustain her life based on the signs and wonders he did through the blessings of God. And then also he raised a woman's son to life. And so you see all of the, the things that God was doing through Elijah and then his pinnacle expression of God's glory through the relationship that he had with him dealt with this relationship of the false prophets of Ahab. And I want to tell you about that story because it's so fascinating. You know, God was, was using Elijah to actually show a greater glory than the world was actually seeing at that time. You know, King Ahab, for example, was summoning 400 other false prophets so that they could actually lead people in the way that King Ahab wanted to lead them. And so they would lie and say things that were not necessarily of the truth of God to lead them in a certain path and direction. Well, God wanted to confront them and he used Elijah and he had them bring all of those false prophets up to the center point of the auditorium. And he said, do your signs and wonders and watch God work, who is Jehovah Jireh. And so God actually worked and he actually swallowed up all of the prophets in an instant, in a second, so that he could actually demonstrate his glory. And once this happened, of course, you know, the, the fame of Elijah, you know, just went to a greater place. 
But also, it's fascinating to see what happened to his life right after that. Because in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, when a woman, Ahab's wife, caught hold of the great miracles that Elijah was doing, she sent word to him. And in verse 1 of chapter 19, it says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And so what Ahab uh, sent Jezebel to do was actually to give him a warning and say, just as you swallowed up all of my prophets, I am going to come hunt you down and kill you in the same kind of way. And so when Elijah heard this, guess what happened? He became afraid and he arose and he ran for his life. Now it's fascinating and you can kind of mock his reality because he was this great man of God who did signs and wonders that were incomparable during his season of time that he would actually get afraid by the threat and by the terror of one individual. But he did. And it shows us what can happen when we get caught up in our emotions, when we get worn down, when we are not consistently in the presence of God. In verse four, Elijah says that he went on a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. You know, Elijah had gotten so deep in despair, maybe to the point of depression, where he actually wanted to give up his own life. You know, he didn't call upon God at that season underneath that broom tree so that God could encourage him. He said, God, could you just take my life? You know, I've had enough. This woman is trying to kill me. I don't want to go through this. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe COVID-19 and this pandemic has put so much pressure on you that you feel that I just want to get away from it. I don't, I don't want encouragement. I don't want to feel like I need to move into this new season. I just want to escape it as fast as I can. Man, that's a tough place to be. But Elijah is showing us that that's a dangerous place to be as well. And and um, I wanted to remind us, one of the things that, that we were trying to do best at Common Bond Church is understanding the magnitude of COVID-19. And as we understood the magnitude of COVID-19, it was a scary situation five months ago. We didn't know how bad the disease was. We didn't know how many lives would be taken. We didn't know if we would be personally affected. We didn't know if our community would be affected. And so we were really calling out to God so that he could actually be with us in our midst. And one of the first things that I really remember during that season is that I, I was helpful to, to declare and call out to God. And, and I think he gave us some great words. I think he gave us some good encouragement that the very first thing that we needed to do as a community was to make sure that we were there for one another, you know, that we were supporting one another, that we were speaking faith to one another, that we were loving one another, supporting each other so that we could actually get through this season together. And so we did new things and we started new small groups a Wednesday Bible study. We made sure that we reached out to individuals on a weekly basis. We had more conversations than we ever had before because that was going to be important. I think that some of us who engaged in that conversation probably feel so much stronger because of the support that was actually there. I'm saying that because when I look at Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, he's alone. He's by himself in the wilderness, not having that proper support. And so it's just really important as we are feeling, you know, hopeless, as we are feeling despair, 
as we are feeling emotions of anger or frustration during this season, that it's really important for us to get around positive people in God whose faith and hope can actually encourage us with the love that God actually wants for us. And then it's really important for us to be those kinds of people that we are seeing that, hey, I need to reach out to this individual so that as they are transitioning, as they're moving into new things, that they know that they're not by themselves. And so one of the first applications that, that we might want to do, if you feel strong today, if you feel like you are doing well during this season of COVID-19, look around your community, look around your neighbors, look around the people who actually might need a little bit more hope and encouragement and be that person to actually give a helping hand. You know, be the person who's going to empathize with somebody who may be struggling and say, hey, I, I see you there. I've been there myself. And here's some things that I want to do to tell you that I love you. I encourage you. God's got better for you. Is there any ways that we can personally help you to actually walk through this season? Because you see, Elijah didn't have that. He's out on his own underneath that broom tree and just wallowing in despair. You know, as he's wallowing in despair, I see in verse five that he lays down, he sleeps underneath that broom tree and behold, an angel touched him and speaks to him. And he tells him, arise. And he looked and behold, and there was a, at his head, a cake baked on hot coals and a jar of water. You know, what I just wanted to say right now is just, you know, how good God is. You know, how good is the Lord is that whenever we are feeling despair, that he finds a way out of no way for us, that he brings the miraculous into our life when we actually need to have a hope and encouragement that is not readily present to us. And I love the fact that Elijah had this angel just present in his life, showing you and I that God will do some supernatural things to make sure that we are on the right path in him. And as he, as the as Elijah had this experience, he had it not only once, but the angel came a second time, it says in verse 7, and the Lord said to him, arise and eat, for the journey is great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went on the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. You know, look at what God did to make sure that his man of God, the one that he loved, would actually be able to go to the journey of what was needed to happen in his life. And we can take hope and encouragement that God will do the same thing for us. We are his beloved. You know, we are his children whom he loves with great love, with great joy, and with great faithfulness. He is going to make sure that we get to the journey that God is actually calling us to get to. You know, when I think about these journeys in my own personal life, you know, I know that these, this season that we live in is very difficult. You know, I know that we also need to make sure that we are sustained and nourished, and I'm making sure that I'm doing my part you know, to try to get nourished in God. And the word of God is also food. Scripture tells us that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so during this season, it's really important for us to feed on God's word in a way so that it can spiritually sustain us to get to this place of where God is calling us to be in this new season. So I'd encourage you to try to read as much as you can about God's word. What it's going to do is help you to think like God and be like God. You know, I'm reminded in Isaiah chapter 56, where God tells us that my ways are not your ways, nor are my thoughts your ways, says the Lord of hosts. So instead of actually living and listening to all the voices of the world, what we can instead do is begin to feed ourselves in God's word so that we can think like him and live like he lives in a season of crisis such as today. And so what I'm doing, you know, one of the, the things that I love to do is just listen to the word of God. 
because, you know, I can be busy in, in the everyday of life, but still having God speak to me, which is still edifying for the spirit, for the emotions, and to get physically strong in him. So I encourage you to maybe do the same thing, you know, on your drives, you know, to wherever you need to go in life. You know, put in that audio Bible, you know, when you're free uh, to be able to take a walk or to exercise, instead of maybe listening to music, put on the audio Bible. And just listen to God speak to you as you are moving about in life. You know, when you have time to just rest in your bed, you know, hear the word of God so that it begins to, to give you the life and sustenance that you need for this journey that we call life. You know, I love to be able to exercise personally and just put on my headphones and just listen to the word of God while I work out. It's just another way to be able to be encouraged in God. And I encourage us to find ways to be encouraged in him as well. Well, here's where it gets more, even more beautiful. You know, not only has God been miraculous to Elijah, not only does these scriptures actually show us that we need community so that we are encouraged because when, we're, when we are alone by ourselves, we can fall into these moments of depression and despair like Elijah did. But also we see that God is ever pursuing to actually speak to us personally. Let's take a look at that. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, we see this beautiful passage of God showing us how he engages us in conversation because this is the way that he engaged Elijah in conversation. In verse nine, it says, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of God came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah said in verse 10, I have been very jealous for the Lord of hosts, the God of hosts. For the people of God have forsaken your covenant. They have thrown down your altars and have killed your prophets by the sword. And I, even I am left and they seek my life. Again, that's one more time a reminder of where the inner voices in our life can begin to divert us about where, from where God wants us to be. You know, if we just read isolated Elijah's life, we would say, man, chapter 17 and chapter 18 shows us how much of a mighty man of God you are, how much God is going to be present with you, how strong your faith was just to do the things that God's called you to do. And then we see in chapter 19 how he seems he's so disconnected from God, how that power, how that faithfulness, how that lifestyle in, in God was no longer present. And it just shows us, you know, just where all of us can be. You know, we can all get into a situation in life where we are not strong as we once were. And then in verse 12, it says, in an earthquake and a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And Elijah heard it. He heard the whisper. And what I'm reminded always in that scripture is that we can see great things happen. We can see noise happen in our life. We can hear people talking on the TV, telling us about all of the situations of life, such as COVID-19, such as the CDC, such as this political conversation between the, the Democrats and Republicans, Republicans. You know, also this, this racial tension that we have, all the noise that is happening. And God can say that I'm not necessarily in the noise. I'm, I'm more so in the whisper. So you got to get close to me so that, so that you can be able to hear. So the third thing that I wanted to share with us that is so important as we engage in new seasons of life is that we must get ourselves into a position where we can hear the whispers of God. So we can hear the presence of God in a way that actually speaks to our heart. And some of the practical ways that we do these kinds of things is by asking God questions. You know, as a community earlier today, when we engaged in corporate prayer, we made sure that we actually took time in silence 
to confess the things that we were either worried about, anxious about, angry about, frustrated about, because just as we hear Elijah share those things with God, God is okay for us to share them with him. And when he responds back to us, he has encouraging words for us, just like he had encouraging words for Elijah. So the very first thing that we do, you know, when we are trying to hear the whisper of God is we've got to let him know how we feel. You know, let them know about the things that are going on in our life and then pause and don't just keep talking and talking, but listen to what God says to your heart, to your head. Maybe he reminds you of a scripture. Maybe he begins to speak to you about his goodness, but there's always going to be something that God says. And so here's what God said to Elijah during that time. In verse 12, after the earthquake and after the wind, um, and then verse 13, he eventually heard the whisper. And here's what Elijah heard. He wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah once again repeated his refrain. He said, I have been jealous for the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left. And the Lord said to him, go, Turn your way into the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And so there's two things that I think are really, really important that, that God said to Elijah. First, he questioned him, and he asked him, you know, why are you here? You know, that reminds me that sometimes when we are feeling a certain way that doesn't line up with God, he'll question us. And he'll say, hey, Joseph, you know, how can you feel the way that you feel? Don't you remember how good I've been? Don't you remember the things that I have done in your life? And it, that those kinds of questions from God reminds us that God is still faithful, that God is still sovereign. He's still on the throne. He's still going to do what's necessary. A second thing that, that I think is really, really important in this scripture is that we see in verse 15, he gives them direction. He tells them exactly what he needs to do in this season of life because he has heard the voice of God. And that's what we need more than ever in every single season, especially in seasons such as this, especially when seasons when we're not sure what to do or we've actually been given some marching orders, but we haven't been given the full knowledge of how that's supposed to come to pass. Uh, and so I encourage us, you know, to listen to that whisper so that we can actually know what to do. Now I wanted to speak to maybe the universal church, the local church, you know, because all of us are trying to figure out what does this season look like for the community of faith? You know, what are we supposed to do? And I'll remind us is that, you know, when we first started COVID-19, when we first started the pandemic, I believe the greatest word that God had for the corporate church, for the local church, is that it's time for you to unplug from the world and make sure you return your eyes back to me. You know, that is the most important word that God wants his people to have, is that we've been so caught up, you know, with the entertainment. We've been so caught up with the world system. We've been so caught up with everything that goes outside of God. Well, God turned that off five months ago so that we can return our lives back to him. And as we turn our lives back to God, let's make sure that we move in the right direction of where God wants us to be. And the only way that we do that is making sure that we engage in a new season, is that we understand that God is doing a new thing and we must receive our marching orders from the direction that he has for us. So during this season at Common Bond Church, one thing that I would like to say is that, you know, we packed up the bags, not as if that church will never be church again, but we understand that God may possibly 
open up the doors for Common Bond Church in a way that we've never experienced. And that's an exciting time. It's also an uncertain time, but it's exciting because whenever God does something new, it's also going to be beautiful at the same time. And so our opportunity as a local church is to recognize in 2021, we might not be sure what it looks like, but if we press into God in a beautiful way, he's going to give us the direction that we need. So I say that only twofold to give us hope and encouragement as a church, but also so that you can receive direction in your own personal life to understand that God is probably doing a new season in your life as well for your family, maybe for your job, for your finances, uh, for your education, whatever it is that's going on in your life, God is probably doing a new thing with you as well. And so you can follow along with us to be able to say that I'm going to tap into this wisdom of God to make sure that I actually receive the marching orders that are necessary. Well, let's get practical. Let's figure out what does that really look like? And it's really not new things, but they are the basics that make sure that we find ourselves properly grounded in God. You know, I've been encouraged this week to be reading a book that talked about Brother Lawrence. And Brother Lawrence did something that I thought was so profound that I wanted to share with you. You know, he had this statement where he was encouraged to find out if he could actually spend one second of every minute in the presence of God. And for him, that looked like being able to, for every second and every minute, be able to think about God's goodness, to be able to think about something that God was doing in his own past, or even going back to the cross on Calvary, remembering those good things of God. Maybe also he would ask God a question about what he needed wisdom from, and he would pause for a second to see if God would actually begin to speak to him. And it doesn't mean that we've got to live our life in a monastery where we're just quiet and and solemn and only thinking about God. But it just means that when you're going about your daily life, just spend a couple minutes in God. When you're going about the things that you're doing, just don't get distracted by all the things that you see, but get quiet in God and just ask God some simple questions of either about how you feel, some wisdom that you need, or just thinking about the goodness that actually is going on in his life. You know, there's also some times where we need to engage fully, you know, to sing songs of worship, to read more scriptures. But also throughout the day, there's just small little things that we can always do to engage in that presence of God. God gives us some basic instructions, some basic instructions always to engage in him so that we receive the fruit of what he actually wants to see happen in our life. The last scripture today that I wanted to share with us is in Acts. And it's really uh, the story of, the new church that are called Christians. And in Acts chapter one, I'm going to start reading in verse 12, because it's going to give us the same kind of perfect marching orders that we need in during this season of time. So as I turn there, Acts chapter one is this beautiful reminder of Jesus Christ uh, giving the last words of instructions to his disciples. And as he gives his last words of instructions to his disciples, he tells them to do one thing, Go up to a room that I've set before you and wait on high till you receive instructions from the Holy Spirit. And so verse 12 says, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to this upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All these were on one accord 
And guess what they were doing? They were devoting themselves to prayer. They understood that this new reality that Jesus Christ was trying to set off in the world and in the church must start with prayer and unity. And so today I wanted to encourage us in this new season, in your life and in the church's life, that it must start with unity and prayer. It's simple, but it has our marching orders for how we will receive the direction of what God wants to do for the next season in our life. Because God's going to do some great things, not only for Common Bond Church, but for any individual community of faith that is choosing to receive their marching orders from God. So that's my encouragement today, is that you look at your own life, recognize what do I need to pack up? You know, what are the things that I need to let go because God's going to do some great things in my life that I can no longer hold on to if I'm just still mentally, emotionally, and attached to that all. And then once God does those things, recognize that it's going to take us to be committed to his presence, hearing his practical voice so that we can actually receive our marching orders. Let us be people of prayer that I'm committing us to be a common bond church so that we can receive what is due to us on the next side of this season of faith. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope this word has been an encouragement to you. If you would like to share how God has blessed you with this word, go to our website at www.commonbondchurch.org. Fill out a comment card. Let us know what God is saying to you. If you have prayers that you want to connect us with and you can tell us about these new things that God is doing, let us know by actually filling out that prayer card, sharing with us how you would like us to pray for you, and we'll be in contact with you and praying for you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you, and we hope to see you again soon. Thank you.